You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Sorry about that. All right, it's great uh, to be with the singles. Uh, Lena and I are grateful to be here. Uh, just to introduce ourselves, Lena and I, uh, we uh, serve in the ministry with the West Side along with Angela. And uh, we love the West Side ministry and we love the singles as well. Uh, Lena and I are, have been married for over 23 years and we have three kids. Uh, one is in college, one is in high school, and one is in diapers. So, so we got pretty much all the bases covered. And uh, we're so excited that uh, we can start all over again. I do want to share um, my favorite date of all time. And I need to say that this is my favorite date and not Lena because I don't know if she feels the same way. Okay. Uh, Lena and I uh, became Christians on the campus and went into the singles ministry in Orange County. I got married and then upon getting married, we got shipped out to Manila. And uh, we just got married, like six months. And then what happened was we went there and it was the middle of the typhoon season. And if you know anything about Manila typhoon, it's different than you know, Southern California, we're a little bit wimpy, right? We got a little rain, we get all freaked out, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Did you know that? It's true, it's true. Look at the stats. Uh, I think when it rains, the first day of rain, uh, the accident rate triples that day. So we are a little wimpy, we don't know. But in Manila, and some of you guys are from Manila, you know this, is when it rains, it floods a lot. And it's a little scary because the manholes sometimes are missing. And then if you're walking and you can't see it, you can actually fall into the manhole and you will go straight to heaven. Okay? <laughs> so you'll be, you'll be missing and then uh, you'll miss Bible talk that week and maybe even church, and then, but you'll be in heaven. Uh, so this is the first day that we were there. Lena, I grew up in Vietnam, so I'm kind of used to rain and stuff like that. Lena is a little old lady, I'm just kidding, from Pasadena. She's from Pasadena, so she's, uh, you know, San Marino. So she's not used to this third world country stuff. And uh, it was our first day there. And uh, Manila's awesome, by the way. you got to go visit some of those beautiful places I've seen on Manila. But the floods are awful. So this brother picked us up, and we were on this little jeepney. This is like a, like a bus. And we got off, and I swear to you, I mean, this is the most romantic date I've ever been on. Uh, both that brother and myself, we carried our wives through the floods uh, to our new place. Isn't that cool? <laughs> we put our wives, we put our wives on us. It, it didn't cost a thing. It didn't cost anything. It was free, but it was awesome. It was awesome for me. And uh, wading through the water and uh, just, uh, I thought that was so cool. So cool. Today we're going to talk about spiritual friendship. And uh, the title, official title is um, Redefining Spiritual Friendship. You know, when I became a Christian, um, I was dating. I was dating uh, in college. And when I studied the Bible, I remember meeting the person that met me. Uh, he invited me to church. I went to a church service. And um, I remember, I thought church service was like half an hour. So I left like after half an hour. But I went to the phone booth. And at that time I was dating. And I called my girlfriend. I, I, I called her. And I distinctly remember 
it being the saddest moment in my life and the most excited at the same time. Saddest in the sense that I knew that the relationship that I had with her was over. I didn't study the Bible at all. I I didn't even sit down with anybody at that point yet. But instinctively, I knew that my life was going to change completely. And that if this woman was not going to be a disciple or whatever, uh, she was not going to be in it. I mean, I just knew. It was weird. No one said a word to me. I just knew. But at the same time, it was the most exciting thing that I experienced as well. Because I knew that my life was going to be completely different. And that my life was going to be completely redefined. I was 21 years old at that time. And I, I tell this story a lot. That a, a, and an encounter of five minutes. His brother, he had a bad Bible talk on campus. No one showed up. It was a bad Bible talk. You ever had a bad Bible talk before and you have that fake smile? Like, you're really happy, but you're really down. Uh, and uh, he went out of the student union and he opened a door and lo and behold, he ran into me and shared his faith with me. And five minutes of his time uh, changed my, my whole life. And I'm open for eternity, but really it's been, you know, since 1988, uh, 20, over a quarter of a decade, I know that thus far it's changed my entire life. Where I was going to live, how I was going to work, uh, my beautiful wife, whom I've been married to for over two decades. Uh, just, that's power. You know, I was on campus. It took me a little longer to graduate. You know, I was on the, you know, the more than the four-year plan. Uh, I was a derelict. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I was a derelict. My first day of college, I was in uh, Las Vegas, in Reno, Nevada. You know, people usually celebrate after they graduate, right? I figure, why not celebrate the first day of your college career? Um, But I remember that that five minutes of his time changed my eternal destiny. And we have the opportunity to do that to people certainly around us that we meet, but certainly to each other as well. We have that power uh, within us. We have the Word of God. That's how powerful it is. I was a punk. I was 21 years old. I didn't want to listen to anybody, but I did want to listen to God. So that's what we are uh, that, that is in our disposal uh, today. The power that lies within our hearts, our minds, and within our hands. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to you. Uh, God, each one of us in this room can come up and share his or her story about uh, the way that you love them and the way that you love us. God, help us to always believe in the power of your word, that it will not return to you empty. God, help us to understand who we are, God, just the power that lies within us, given to us by you. And Father, I pray that we can use it wisely uh, to our friends, our neighbors, our, our co-workers, but with each other as well. God, help me to really do justice to your word and to use it powerfully. And uh, Lena, as she share, uh, Father, help us to really impart your scripture and help us to have greater faith after we leave this room tonight. And uh, to redefine our friendships over and over and over again and to take it higher. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Spiritual friendship. Does this work? Oh, it works. Okay. And uh, you're going to have a free night tonight. Take down the notes on the scripture reference. But go home and take a look at it yourself. The Bible says this is the message we have heard from him. And proclaim to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. The road to my journey in being a disciple was that scripture. 
When I met the people that studied with me, I sat down for the first time in my life. I was called to be open uh, with everything. And I'll be honest with you, the guy that studied the Bible with me did not do a very good job. It was awful. The first Bible talk I went to was incredibly terrible. Again, there were no visitors. I was the only one. And this is the power of God's Word. I was the only one. It was so bad that they divided the men and women separate so they can confess their sin. This was years ago. I'm sitting there going, this is horrendous. This is terrible. So as they're going around confessing their sins, I was trying to figure out my escape routes. But it was too late. I was sitting there, so I gave them something. And, uh, and, then, and, then, and then again, I was never going to see these people again, but there was something that kept me coming back. And uh, again, study the Bible. It was on campus. It was, the, it was the sin study. And sitting there, they picked the wrong spot. It was in the middle of the student union. And they wanted me to share all my sins with them. And then I said, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not going to do this. So I held back, you know, I shared part of my sins until later on. And then later when I became a Christian, I said, you guys are derelicts. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm very open. Um, but this was the scripture that I remember. That there is no darkness in God at all. That if we want to walk, the Bible says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, yet while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanse us from all sins. This is a principle that I want to work off tonight. What, what is one of the foundational scriptures to help us to be great friends with each other? Openness. And the scripture here is not talking only about, you know, like sins. It's talking about walking in the light in terms of who we are, sharing with one another our love, our fears, our disappointments, our hopes, and our dreams. It's an openness that people really yearn for in one another, in, in their relationship. But it is totally possible with God. And I love the scripture because it's, it's, it's very straightforward as well. It says that if we don't do this, we really don't have fellowship with one another. You know, I look at the fellowship here. You know, Lena and I have come with the singles for a few weeks now. And I've noticed that you guys have great fellowship. There's, there's a joy. There's a, there's a commitment to each other. I see it. You know, even driving here, it's far, man. It's like I'm on my ways. There's an accident ahead. I got past that accident. I'm driving on Hawthorne. There's an accident ahead. I'm going, what, what is it going to take to get to this devotional? And the fellowship is great, and, and I'm not I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that there's a depth that God wants us to take it, and it comes from the scripture of walking in the light, walking deeper than we've ever uh, had before. It's uncomfortable. You know, last week I had an eye operation, out of the blue. I went to Costco. I got my eyes checked for glasses. You know, it says for thirty dollars more, we'll look deep into your eyes. I said, sure, $20 more. I checked it. I usually don't. I'm a little bit of a cheapskate when it comes to doctors. But I checked it. And he says, and then he checked my eyes. And then he went through it pretty routinely. And then there's one spot. He literally stopped for like five minutes. 
And he says, Ken, I hate to tell you this, you got a tear in your eye. And uh, you got to get this fixed right away. I said, what do you mean right away? He says, like, right away, right away. And I said, how right away? He says, right away, if you go home and if you see, like, spots and whatever, go to the emergency room right away. So I scheduled it, and then I went to the doctor right away. He spent, she spent like 10 minutes like with a bright light right in my eye, on each eye. And then she had the audacity to go, you know what? Uh, we put the dilation solution in one off. I need to do it again. I was like, ah! You know, for the intense light to be in your eye, it's incredibly uncomfortable. But I tell you what, a week later, I'm really glad she did it. I'm glad I got it fixed. You know, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's going pretty good. It's, it is scary to go to this depth. It is scary to go where we've never been before. That kind of honesty, that level of truth. You know, John also talks about this as well in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. He says, By this love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. You guys feel like this? Who changed the Bible? This is the NIV. But I think they changed the NIV, right? It's a little bit, so it's a little bit uh, different than what I'm used to. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. It is scary being a Christian. It is scary being in a relationship. Especially when we get a little bit older. Especially when people move away. Especially when we invest in someone and they go to another place. Or when people let us down. There's a lot of fear that gets built up. So because of fear, we put up walls again. But the Bible says that love drives out fear. And I find that the older I get, the more busy I am. Man, if I'm going to invest in this relationship, it's going to take some time. I had lunch with Turnwall today. And I appreciate Turnwall. Turnwall says, can we get together? So I thought it was going to be lunch. But he popped the big question. He says, can we get together once every two weeks? I said, Turnwall, I just met you. <laughs> can we give it a little more time? You know, just kidding. <laughs> But I appreciate Turnwall. And then, I, you know, at the end of it, we had lunch together. We ate this fake Reuben sandwich. It was like, well, it's, I don't know what it's made of. You know, it's like, I don't know what it is. But it was pretty good. We shared that moment together. It was very special. Fake Reuben sandwich. And afterwards, you know, we, we really said, amen, let's do it. Once every two weeks, let's work on something uh, together. Let's work on a media ministry uh, to really help the singles and, and, and the uh, Coast of L.A. as well. I was afraid, to be honest with you. For me, at that at that level, was just time commitment. I'm like, man, you got three kids. Turn walk. You know? Do, do, you, do, you, do you know that? Do you know I got three kids? Um. Um. Do, do, do you really turn walk? I do want to ask you that. Um. But I appreciate the conviction, the desire to have a friendship. There are different ways that we drive out fear. I remember when I was a young Christian. Love drives out fear in a relationship. I would have to drive out fear. If I meet somebody, I'm a little nervous, I'm a little intimidated by that person. Love drives out fear. Let me drive out the fear to talk to that person. I'm a little bit older now. You know, 
I'm on the other side in some relationship. Where love drives out fear for me means that in that relationship, I have to drive out the things that hinder our relationship. I have to drive out the pride or the coldness or or the, the, the baggage that I have that people see, that people make my, to, to make myself a little bit more approachable in that relationship. I got three girls. I got three girls, man. I'm the only guy. You know, yeah, I can, but it's been, it's been a little rough sometimes. Um, and then, you know, there, it's rougher on some days, and we got a dog, and I was kind of hoping that dog was a boy dog, but it happened that was a girl dog too. Like, man, I've really had to learn to have that sensitive side coming out of me, alright? So, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty sensitive dude now. I mean, um, let's put it this way, more than before, okay? Um, but it takes a lot of work to drive out fear. I, I, I do get afraid, uh, with the teenage years and all that, um, but love drives out fear. It's worth it. It's worth it. Let me get my wife to come up and share this one. Amen. It's great to be with the singles. Ken and I are loving it. Um, but, um, you know, Ken's going to, he changed the order of his lesson. Um, he's going to share a, a scripture uh, later um, about um, his friendship with the brothers. And uh, I wanted to share, share a little bit about Ken when we were dating. Um, he, it, it, it just cracks me up when he's like challenging the brothers like to go out on dates, because when he was single, he was not great in that area. He was not. I mean, he, so, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting him back for calling me the little old lady from Pasadena, but, <laughs> and he's, he's older than me, but, no, because he just loved hanging out with the brothers. I mean, he loves his relationship with the brothers, and that continued. And that's one thing that I really love about Ken is um, he just enjoys his relationships. And, um, you know, especially with the brothers. And um, it's, it's true, we have three girls. And so he's looking forward to Elizabeth and Nicole when they get married. He is going to stalk those husbands He's going to call them. Can we go out and play ball? I mean, he's very much looking forward to it. But until then, now we got the single brothers. So Ken's um, enjoying building relationships uh, with the brothers. But I think for, for sisters, um, relationships, Christian relationships are especially important. And when I was thinking about my relationships through the years, I've been a disciple for 26 years. I was thinking about my relationships. And um, it just brought tears to my eyes just to, you know, I wrote, I wrote the names down since I became a Christian. You know, like someone shared, um, seeing the relationships in the room inspired that person to want to become a Christian. Uh, the same thing with me. You know, I had uh, people that I looked up to, um, women that, that have inspired me through the years. And after 26 years, um, you just go through many spiritual battles. And some of those relationships that, you know, a few of them are, you know, they weren't o- open um, and, you know, weren't able to be open um, even with me and are not faithful. And um, 
and some, you know, sometimes you also hurt each other in relationships. And um, I just think of some, you know, one person that was very, very close to me after many, many years um, in deepening in our friendship and someone that I, I um, was really like a true sister. I'm the oldest in my family, so when I became a Christian, I all of a sudden had these older sisters, which was awesome. Um, just the first time realizing, um, wow, I think, um, I think that there's something in the relationship that I, I feel hurt about. And then just bringing up the courage to talk to her. And then I don't know if you've ever had, have had that experience was like, you're not understanding each other. And I don't think she got it. <laughs> and, um, and just, and then just going through that and then growing apart. And someone, um, I would say, you know, who's really my best friend. And then Ken, um, you know, asking, how do you feel about it? I'm fine. I feel fine. But um, just uh, realizing that, um, you know, we're not perfect and there needs to be forgiveness. And um, just accepting that sometimes we grow at different rates in our relationships. And But as long as we're faithful and that means we're continually growing, um, there is, there is um, that room to grow and to grow closer again. And um, I'm, ha- I'm happy to say that, um, you know, that, that the sister has, um, both of us have really grown um, in, in our areas. And, um, but I just remember that time just kind of closing my heart and protecting myself a little bit and not, not even realizing it. And that's one thing that I just want to talk about um, to the sisters. In the scripture, it talks about perfect love drives out fear about being vulnerable, about um, really just opening up our hearts, you know, are our, 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 our arms wide open in relationships, or are there just those, those subtle hurts in the past that make us close up just a little bit? Um, but when we do decide to forgive and uh, surrender it to God and know that um, we're not perfect as well, and we're growing as well, and we decide to open our, up our hearts, then that joy comes back again. And um, just that spirit of just loving one another freely. But um, that's one thing that I just want to encourage the sisters here today is uh, to be vulnerable in your relationships and to open wide your hearts. Well, apparently I repented, right? So I got married, so... These, I love these two scriptures because they're so foundational in who we are. You know, it says, it's been said that marriage is 50-50. Well, that's, that's, that's a complete failure. Because I think when two people come together expecting the other person to really fulfill something in that they need, it's, it's really a setup for failure. I think God really wants us to be completely satisfied with Him. You know, there's so much power in these scriptures in knowing that Man, God, we love because God loved us first. There is such a security in that, that knowing that the creator of the world knows exactly who I am and yet still loves me. There's power in that. I want to look at a few scriptures starting from Genesis and kind of take a survey through the scripture about the importance of relationships. You know, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15 and 18, this is before the fall of man. And I want you to think about that because it's very significant, is that the Lord God looked at man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. 
And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. You know, when I read the scripture, it blows my mind that this is not like after the fall and there was a need arising from sin. This need arose in perfection. The need for relationship, the need for friendship arose in a perfect setting. So the need for people, the need for companionship, the need for friends, it's a godly thing. It's a need that's born out of God, and it's very, very normal. It is God-like to need people. It is God-like to desire friendship. It is God-like to have companionship. And this scripture here talks about Adam and Eve, but I want to look at a few other scriptures as well that looks not only to marriage as a fulfillment of, uh, of, these, uh, of this need. In 1 Samuel chapter 22, and verse 1 to 2, it says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Angelum. When his brothers and his father's household heard about this, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in, in debt or contented. Uh, the single ministry? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Jeez. All right. <laughs> uh, gang, gathered around him, he became the commander of a 400 men were with him. You know, David was being chased around by Saul uh, after he was anointed and Saul felt threatened. So he had to run around these different caves. He had to feign insanity and all that stuff. And the Bible says that who came to him? His brothers, his sister, his family. Again, there's a need for relationship. And out of that cave, out of that situation became a, a mighty army, a mighty group of people. You know, the, the singles ministry has gone through a lot uh, of transition during the last six months. And there's room for some insecurities. There's some room for doubts. There's some room for, like, what's going to happen? You know, we're in a cave, you know, and, and when are we going to get out of the cave? You know what? It doesn't matter. As long as you guys are together and really helping each other, it's going to be all right. How's this 400 men were with him? Well, what, what about the women? I mean, is that discounted? No, it's not. And I've always felt like, you know, I got three daughters, so I've had to explain to them the worth of women. And, and I totally see that in scriptures and how God elevates uh, the role of women. Okay. However, I love the scriptures too, because at times the Bible calls the men to be men. I love hanging out with the brothers. Why? Because I'm a man. I mean, I enjoy the relationships. You know, I enjoy, obviously, I love, I love my relationship with my wife. That's a facet of it. But man, when I was single, I love being with the brothers. I love, I love going out. We, you know, it was a great household. We had a pool table in our house. We, we played poker until it was an ungodly hour. We wrestled, you know, we, we converted some wrestlers in our campus ministry. Wrestlers are awesome disciples. How many of you guys are wrestlers? Any wrestlers in here? Wrestlers are awesome. I'm telling you, for some reason, they understand pain. <laughs> they understand, like, you know, you get knocked in the face, you get back up. They understand twisting and bending 
I love it. You know, we, we, had, we, we, were like, we dogpiled each other. We did all kinds of weird stuff. I enjoy that. Can't do that in a sister's household. All right? There is really a need for men to rise up. And God really allows these scriptures to be in there for a reason. I know it's a little bit uncomfortable, right? But sisters, I want to I encourage you. When the Bible says that, you know, when it refers to you in the male gender, don't, don't, don't sweat it because the men in those generations inherit stuff too. Okay? So God is saying, look, sisters, women, you're going to inherit just like the men. And you know what? We, we got to go through some stuff too. As man, when I hear that I'm a bride of Christ, it makes me feel weird. But, you know, it, it is what it is. All right? That's scripture. It makes me feel weird, but, but I understand. I understand. Okay? About 400 men were with him. You know what's really going to help? Um, the ministry with the singles is at this time, you know, I, I appreciate the, the, the West Side. I got some brothers over for dinner the other day. You know, uh, I want to get more brothers involved. Just, just really doing things together. And, um, you know, get us become a band of brothers, really helping the sisters and watching out for the sisters. Amen? Now, this scripture has been misconstrued. It says, how the mighty, this is when David uh, was mourning Jonathan and Saul's demise, their deaths. And he was writing a, a eulogy for them. And he says, how the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. Grieve, uh, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You are very dear to me. Your love for me, was as wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. Okay, this requires a little explanation here. Okay? Um, a lot of people use this scripture and they get all weirded out. But when you look at the scripture, I totally get this. There are relationships with men that, that just, it's, it's just Lena can't fulfill. And that's good. Okay? There are relationships that Lena has that I have no clue what they're talking about. Men and women are different. Men, we're just not as emotional. We traveled a lot. If I, if one of my best friends shows up and walks through that room after 10 years of not seeing him, my reaction would be, hey dude, how are you? And that would be really emotional. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sisters, I've seen you. Okay? <laughs> you... You, on the other hand, you don't see each other for two hours. And when you come back from the bathroom, and you're like, oh my God, how are you? It's like, whoa, you know, it's like it's just different, all right? It's very, very different. And it's awesome. Okay, it's awesome. Okay, that's why sometimes I like hanging out with the brothers, all right? Because I'm built like a brother. Thank God. You know, there is, um, when I was working the world, uh, there were some Jewish folks that I worked with. And they were pretty traditional conservative Jews. And is this recorded? No? Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Skip that. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> I'll say it anyways. Who cares? Um, they have a prayer. Okay? Do you guys know that prayer? They get up in the morning. And they pray that they said, dear God, thank you that I'm a man, that I am not, that you did not make me a woman. Did you know that? Okay. 
They don't shake hands with women, but they pray that prayer every day. And they get really insecure about that because we live in a modern era, right? But I tell myself, what's wrong with that prayer? I'm glad I'm a man. I'm glad that God made me a man as well. That's who he made me, okay? And God made you who you are as well. Okay. Where did I go with that? I don't really know. Let's move on. I just felt like I shared Oh, let's go back. I know what I'm talking about. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. There is. You know, there's nothing wrong with building great friendships with one another. And I think there needs to be, I think there needs to be a level of affection as well. And I know I'm joking around, but I'm pretty affectionate with the brothers. I am. I mean, I'm very expressive. Um, and I, I, I think it's good, actually. You know, that I think that we can get comfortable at a level where it's not, you know, I'll tell you this, guys. If you think that they're weird or whatever, read back the scriptures. These guys were studs. Jonathan, I mean, he climbed, he killed a bunch of people. David killed a bunch of people. They all killed a bunch of people. And they were pretty studly dudes. Okay? And they focused on God. And he says, you are my brother. Man, there's a relationship, there's a specialness that is built among the brotherhood. Amen? Spurring one another on. First Chronicles chapter 27, verse 32, it says, Jonathan, David's uncle, was counselor and loved the scripture. It says, being a man of understanding and a scribe, he and Jehiel, the son of Hakmoni, attended the king's son. Ahitophel was the king's counselor. He's listing off all the great people in his court. Ahitophel was the guy that betrayed him twice and actually committed suicide. I love this passage here. He says, and Hushai, get this, his title. And Hushai, the archite, his title was what? He was the king's friend. That was an official title in David's court. It shows you that David, despite all of his duties and all of his things that he was in, in charge of, he still needed friendship. He needed so much that it became an official title. Hushai the archite was, what's your, you know, so you can imagine, they're going into a meeting. I'm the minister of defense. All right, go on in. I'm the minister of, you know, the economy, the economy. Come on in. Who are you? I'm the dude's friend. All right, come on in. Sit down. You got the seat right next to him. That's how important friendship is to David. But he would list it off with his uh, most important uh, counselors and advisors. In Mark chapter 9, we're going to crank along here. How do we make that friendship? How do we build that friendship? And why is it different? Okay? Jesus talks about this. Jesus says salt is good. But if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. You know, sometimes when we are together, like Lena says, we are sinful human beings. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, you, you guys know Russ Ewell from San Francisco? He's one of my favorite preachers. And I appreciate Russ. Russ is known for his honesty. He says, you know what guys? He says, there's no way you're gonna like each other to a point. There is no way. No, nobody likes each other that much. You're gonna offend one another. You're gonna make each other mad. You're gonna, you're gonna feel like leaving each other. Okay? The thing that keeps you together is this scripture. Salt is good. Jesus says, the thing that's gonna keep us at peace is if we have salt in ourselves, what does that mean? 
That means that there is something greater in our friendship than just the mere fact that I want to be your friend. There is something greater that keeps us together than just the, the fact that I really want friends. I want, to want, I want great friends. If that's all you want, you're not going to have great friends. There's got to be something greater that keeps that friendship together. There is something that we bow down to that is greater than the friendship idol. That is God. And then our friendship is going to be better. I've been a disciple for 26 years and that's what I found out. My best friends, the people that I really am close to, are the people that really love God. The people that I really share a bond with that, that goes beyond just hanging out and you know horsing around. It's a bond of a relationship with God. When it close out. You know, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. And the Jews said, See how he loved him. You know, these Jews, what did they see? They saw miracles. They saw great teaching. But what did they notice about Jesus and his relationship? And he really loved these people. And this is not from someone in the group. This is this comment was made from someone outside the group. And man, he really loved these people. They're really, really close. Let me close out with this scripture. You know, when I was growing up, the mega churches of my day was pretty ugly. It was Tim and you know the Jim and the Tammy Faye Baker. Right, remember that? It's like you turn on the TV and you go, I don't want to be like that. Right? But you know, in the last few years, it's gotten a lot more sophisticated. Christianity has gotten a lot more marketing savvy. Well-spoken. You know, really, you, you get a little confused, too. Like, what, what, what does it mean to be a disciple? Who is a disciple? I don't know anymore. Let me tell you this, too. With the advent of information technology, with the advent of just the free-flowing of just getting knowledge, it's not knowledge that's going to dis- differentiate us as disciples. It's not even meeting together. People meet together all the time. We can't even outpray the next religion. You know, uh, Jews, they pray every morning. They pray every afternoon, collectively. When I went to trade shows, when I was working, they shut down their stores just to go pray. The Muslims are so fervent about their prayer. They they shame us, to be honest with you. It's not even that in some ways. We need to pray, amen? It's this scripture here. This is a new command. I get a new commandment I give you. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved for one another. Well, Ken, give us the secret. How? I don't know how. Well, give us like ABC. I don't know the ABCs. I know that we strive for this every day. I know that we strive for this as Jesus loved us. So we look through the scriptures and we, we imitate what Jesus does. And we apply that to our friendship. We look at our own lives, the vulnerability that God commands us to walk in the light. 
and we share. We open up with our relationship. He said, this is where I'm at. We take the plank out of our own eye before we take the speck out of our brother's eyes. We have the security, like the Bible says, that we love because He loved us first. He knows everything about us. And as we're open, you know everything about me. And yet I'm secure in that. I'm okay with that. That's where friendship comes from. I grew up in San Francisco. This is what love and security does. I grew up in San Francisco and one of the most famous landmarks in the city is the Golden Gate Bridge. And it took years to build that thing. It was, it was a public works project in the 30s. It was built. And when they first started it, very high. And some people fell to their deaths as they built the bridge. Work came to a standstill. Nothing happened. The supervisors went out, tried to implore people, tried to get them to, you know, meet this deadline. Nothing happens. People were afraid. The supervisors got together. They built a giant net underneath to make it safe for people to work in. They started working. Still the same. People were very tentative working. And then one guy fell. Luckily he fell into the net and he was safe. He got back up. And people were still tentative. And when work was still really, really slow. And then the next guy fell. And he was safe. He got back out and work. And then the work started picking up. Then the next guy fell. And as they saw that they had a net, a net of safety around them, the work began to pick up and they finished the bridge. What is that net? That is the Christian love from God and from each other. You know, we in this room are more free. We should be more free to make all the mistakes. We should be more free in this room to, to try new things, to push the envelope of our faith than any other group in this, in this, uh, in this world because of that safety. I hope that we really redefine. I, I can't give you ABCs. You can do that. You can do that in your relationship. But decide today to redefine your spiritual friendship with the Word of God. Amen? Thanks so much for having me. Amen. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.